Jordan and Logan are bringing order to the galaxy. Every week here on The Pod Awakens, we will be discussing batches of episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars in chronological order. The Pod Awakens presents Chronological Clone Wars, a rewatch series. Hello and welcome to The Pod Awakens presents Chronological Clone Wars here as we go through and watch Clone Wars, uh, the animated series, each week and then discuss it. And we're doing that, of course, in chronological order. It's Logan's first time watching my second time watching the show. So he's with me uh, as always. Logan, how are you? I'm good. Uh... We we've had some nasty weather here, and Same. Florida made me feel like I was on. Uh, oh, dang it, dang it! I forgot the uh, the planet. Come on, oh come on. Oh Camino, yeah. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. I'm glad that you knew what I was alluding to. Yes. What? Yeah. Felt very fitting for Clone Wars. Like I when I was watching it, I was like, this feels fitting for the weather that we have. It was like a Jordan. It was like a cyclone, but not in in hurricane season, so they didn't call it that. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, we got some of that too. Um, really windy today and yesterday, and then it poured like starting around four o'clock yesterday to mm-hmm. um, early in the morning this morning. So, uh, actually had internet crash late last night during the Ravens game, and then uh, it was only out for like five minutes, if that. So, thankfully. I just turned off my Wi-Fi on the phone and then pulled up yeah. the data on Peacock. And then I was like, all right. And then I had it that running until the internet connected again. And then it was fine. So could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Back in the old days, you had to just sit there in the dark. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So today is week six of our journey here where we talk, uh, you know, a few episodes a week. This week we're talking three episodes Starting with Season 1, Episode 8, Bomb Bad Jedi. I was hinting at this last week uh, when you were talking about Jar Jar as like a Jedi or something. And then I was like, well, we we, we do get that. Um, The synopsis, Separatist forces mistake Jar Jar Banks for a Jedi Knight. It was directed by Jesse Yee or Ye. And written by Kevin Rubio, Stephen Melching, and Henry Gilroy. Premiered November 21st, 2008 on Cartoon Network. Um, yeah, so what was your thoughts on Bomb Bad Jedi before we kind of dive into more of the uh, minutiae of the episode? Um, there were moments where it was very Jar Jar, but there was other moments where I really liked it. Um, this whole, the whole arc that we'll get into, I really enjoyed um, this particular episode i think because 3po is more involved and i like when 3po is involved um especially with jar jar because i feel like jar jar is so clown and so jester Mm -hmm. and c3po is very much the black and white like what are you doing but also quirky in his own little way um so i think that they are a nice duo to put together which you know i I really did i like this episode and uh i really like gunray like i've always liked gunray for some reason um i just think he's a weasel 
Um, so anytime you get to see him, I, I like that. Yeah. So you keep saying three PO. I'm not sure if I know who that is. I know him as three. So three. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was pretty good. I was like, I'll give him credit on that. And he kept calling him different things like three. So three PO three C. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't like, understand, I guess. Um, but yeah, this is Gunners. a heavily Jar Jar episode. I do really enjoy this one, actually. I, I thought it was funny. My wife was laughing along with it as well. So that was a win, I think, in our books here. But not just a, a Jar Jar, like you said, 3PO, but we also get Padme. So you kind of get like, what was it, last week or a little bit ago, we had a Padme uh, and and uh, 3PO episode as well, where they were captured by Grievous. And then you get them here, but this time with Jar Jar. Um, and, uh, you know, Jar Jar, of course, causes the ship to spin out. Uh, <laughs> I wrote down in my notes here that Palps has had enough of Jar Jar's shit. All right. Because uh, in this in this opening, like you can tell he's like, uh, maybe like, like it's kind of like that friend that somebody brings along that is a friend of a friend. Right. And you're friends with like your friend, but you can't, you can't stand the other guy, the other friend. That's what this is like. Palpatine's like, maybe we just let Padme do this. <laughs> you know, maybe we don't have Jar Jar do this important mission, which is funny because really it works out either way for Palps, right? Like he is playing both sides, but even with him playing both sides, he's still like, I've kind of had enough of this guy is kind of what Palpatine's thinking. Um, and, and then of course, Padme has to, has to teach, like she has to assign Jar Jar a task, almost like uh, a big brother watching the younger brother, but it's really like, I, I don't know the reverse here. So it was like telling the younger brother is going to be watching the older brother because you're like three PO is the one that can actually take care of himself. Right. Um, but she's like, Hey, you have to watch three PO Jar Jar and try to like build this up of I'm giving him this task that he cannot mess up while I go do this important thing. But of course it's Jar Jar. He is going to mess up this important task. Yeah, I, so I'm, I was sitting there thinking about this during this episode, too. Um, like, Palpatine is so good at, at playing both sides. I would 100% crack. I would make a mistake somewhere because I know... Like, he's got to know, right, that what most of stuff is going on. Like, they got to would have on. driven me, probably, yeah. to be like, you know what, I'm <laughs> actually the leader of both sides, all right? And right. I'm ending this right now <laughs> to be done with this. Sorry, was, yeah, like that, and then also with Grievous, I'd be like, Dooku, get him under control, or else I'll kill you both. Like, I'm tired yeah. of... Like everybody's just a, a confidence on both sides. Right. Yeah. He's like, come on. Maybe that's why Palpatine like comes out of just what he's like. He could have been the shadow monster, like not come out um, till it's time, but he or, really had to come know, out. A push. phantom menace. Yes. Right. A phantom. Yeah. Um, but no, I, it is funny to me. I, every time I think about uh, the Supreme Chancellor, I'm like, how does he play both sides? Cause it's, it's very good. Like it is very good on the fact that he doesn't really, uh, doesn't really ever he doesn't slip up like i can't think of a time i mean he kind of lets anakin in and he kind of alludes to things but and he only does that because he knows he can get anakin on his side right 
Right? He's got to do that. Yeah. And because everybody else, like the Jedi, haven't trusted Anakin, he knows if I give him little crumbs, he's going to know true. that I trust him yeah. and he will eventually choose me over somebody like Mace Windu because Mace can't stand the kid. Right. So, like, it paid off uh, for a good old Sheev uh, Palpatine after this. Um, okay. So, Padme. They're on Rhodia, is, is where they're going. And this is a planet full of Rhodians. And she has somebody she calls Uncle uh, Anno, um, who was a friend of her father's when her father was serving in the Senate. And uh, kind of like really one of the only big references we ever get to Padme's parents. Uh, I don't think we ever really get much information on them at all, like canonically. Um now, uh, Newt Gunray has already kind of gotten to Uncle uh, Alno here and is saying, you know, like, uh, and I don't mean like got to him in the sense of like where he's 100% on the separatist side, but he's like, hey, this guy says he's going to give me the supplies we need for, for the planet. So I'm sorry, Padme. I have to go with this. One question, though. Newt Gunray is, of course, the Trade Federation. They are also the ones to have blocked off Naboo in Episode 1, which is 10 years previously. So they have a history of doing this kind of stuff anyway. She was friends with Padme and his her, her father. Wouldn't he kind of know that like Newt Gunray can't be trusted? I, I guess it's just a desperation move at this point, but I was like, dude, you should know how bad these people are just from the fact that you're friends with Padme and go way back. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that, though, in the, in the galaxy, like the different galaxies and everything else, too, because I think there's a lot of distrust. And I and I, I think you can only trust your kind, right? Like, I think that's what essentially we, the only ones that I would ever trust besides the Jedi to do the right thing would, would be Ewoks. <laughs> like, I, I feel like Ewoks would always just do the right thing. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Them singing their little... Uh, song as they're about to burn all the humans at the stake. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can trust them, no problem. Yeah, but but as far as like the as Gunray, like as far as that's concerned, like I, I don't know what those people are called, but they they are anytime they show up, they're slimy. Nemoidians. Like, I do like what are they? Nemoidians. Nemoidians. Um, but I do think that they 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 have a slimy characteristics, kind of like the Camino people too. Um. I feel like there's an agenda, right? And I always feel like there's an agenda with different people. And even in uh, Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian, when they're traveling around to different planets, especially with bounty hunters, when they're out at different planets and having to negotiate with everybody, even people that you think you can trust, you really can't. Um, I mean, I guess even you could look at Kylo Ren and and uh, uh, Anakin and, and think about like their mistrust where it was you know, placed and I don't know, but... It just it, it, you're right though. I think that Gunray, you would look at them and go, you know what? <laughs> I don't know if we can trust you people because you continuously do shady things like this. And then even when you're arguing in the Senate, when they're arguing in the Senate together, I think that's in two, right? Um, where they just it seems like they always have their own plan and they're only going to do what they want to do mm -hmm. and forget anybody they have alliances with because yeah, very political people. Yeah, and, and you know, look, they are. So again, this also is like 
I, I understand they're you're desperate for supplies and stuff, but you she calls you uncle. So you know that th- these people were tight, right? Like tight at some point. And her father, we assume, is out of the picture. She kind of talks past tense. So I'm assuming her, her parents are, have passed. And uh, plus, we never get like a meet the parents scene with Anakin, uh, which which now I kind of want to see. Like Robert De Niro as Padme's uh, <laughs> father doing the lie detector test on Anakin. Did you kill the <laughs> women and children too? Um, yes. But <laughs> that is... So, so you think she, he would have some affinity for her too, and he he does because when he finds out that they're going to kill her, he he tries to put a stop to it. But also, it's like these were the same people that tried to kill her originally in Episode One. Like, pay attention, dude. You know, um, he's just a dummy, I guess. Uh, but anyway, uh, so the battle droids are gonna come out. They're gonna try to take 3PO and Jar Jar hostage. This is where you have a whole bunch of stuff start going on. You know, he accidentally pulls the magnet, which is going to get 3PO sent up to the sky. And then, uh, you know, he has, he drops him uh, a a far distance too. Then he's going to go fall over a ledge when he's fighting the crab droid. And 3PO mourns him uh, (laughs) at this point, but then Jar Jar climbs back up. And this is where he finds some like robes that he puts on. And then this is where they are going to mistake him for a Jedi. Newt Gunray, Gun, Newt Gunray actually arrives before he was like on a hologram. He, he finally comes in and he's like, look, a, Je- a Jedi. And I think Jar Jar even says like a Jedi, like where? And it's like, they mean you, man. And just like the the, the whole fact that at one point, you know, Padme overhears this and she talks to 3PO like, oh, what about the Jedi? And 3PO just like, no, they think Jar Jar is the Jedi. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> um, Another thing that was really cool, too, is when he falls into the water, Jar Jar, um, and then they kind of tell all the droids at some point to go look for him or something. And then you just get like a chorus of Roger, 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 just over and over. They're all like Rogering each other. I thought that was really fun. Yeah, it was a good moment. I, I like when Jar Jar is in the water. I, I think it, you know, he just, <laughs> he's got moments, Jordan. He's got moments that I like. Um, mm-hmm. Do any time that the battle droids, was it, which episode is it now that I can't, I like it's all coming back to me and I think I forgot to mention it and I don't know if it's in this uh, in this uh, but the battle droids when they go um, shoot the Jedi or something like that like destroy the Jedi or kill the Jedi I think it's in one of these coming up but oh like, yeah it's it's in the uh, oh. lair of grievous one I okay think. when when, <laughs> when, <laughs> when he's like, like take down the <laughs> Take the down Jedi. the Jedi, and then they look at each other and like, have you ever defeated a Jedi before? And they're like, no, have you? <laughs> yeah, uh, they're the best um, comedic uh, relief in in these uh, episodes. Um, there's a point, too, where Padme is very smart here. She's going to act like a Jedi saves her. She's, like, yelling over top of... It, similar to what she did in the... Um, was it the Clone Wars movie when um, she got captured and she's like, no, please don't look at my phone or my hologram thing, you know? 
Um, and they're like, oh, she wants us to look at, she doesn't want us to look at it, so let's look at it. And then she uses it to call for help. In this, um, you have her being like, oh, thank you, Mr. Jedi, for saving me. And they're like, Jedi, yeah, go in there. And they go in there and she just takes them out. Like, I thought that was really clever from Padme. Yeah, you see traces of uh, Padme and Leia, too. Like, I always find that interesting, too, because I, they really set it up nicely. And, and I think Clone Wars is going to do it better because we, we can see more Padme. But Padme, like, she's clever in the way that she tricks people. Like, when she's not dressed up as, I guess, what, what the, is she the leader of um, Naboo? Yeah, in the first episode. Yeah. yeah. So, when they're setting her up, and she's not uh, the person that's dressed up that would look like the royalty, but ends up being her, like, I don't know what they call them. Um, I guess her. Decoy. A handmaid. Yeah. Is what the they. Decoy. But yeah. she was like a, yeah, she was the handmaiden. Well, if you right. really pay attention in episode one, uh, she is actually dressed up as the queen a few times. Yeah. And then, and you can, t- you can kind of tell when it's Natalie Portman and when it's Keira Knightley. Because the other one yeah. is Keira Knightley. I don't know yeah. if you know that, but yeah, yes. like that was before Keira Knightley was huge. I was going to say both of these were before they yeah. were huge. And now it's like right. two of the biggest women stars, you know, that were <laughs> playing the same role pretty much. Right. Yeah. And then she, she leaves that planet and becomes a, a pirate. It was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Keira Knightley, not Natalie Portman. Uh, Natalie Portman becomes Ashton Kutcher's like no strings attached or something. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, and then these, Mila Kunis becomes the Justin Timberlake's just, <laughs> yeah with yeah. benefits friends with benefits, yes, friends with benefits. but then yeah. mila kunis and ashton kutcher ended up becoming uh married yeah so this is all interconnected um this star is wars all part is of star wars canon yeah. all right you gotta have the timeline <laughs> set but i do i i love padme because padme seems to be the ultimate negotiator she's smarter than anakin um obviously uh and she she does things that i really do i wish uh, a padme show would be cool like just yeah, to you know see that side of it. Yeah, you say she's smarter than Anakin, and I'm like, yes, yeah. Like I can't ever see her killing a bunch of kids for an yeah. old chancellor. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, or, or going on a two minute rant about sand. Like I don't. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's like, not one that really? strikes kinda, me. But... She's like, I kind of like sand. <laughs> she said, "My old handmaiden is now a pirate and is on sand all the right. time. I visit her all the yeah. time." <laughs> Uh, okay, and then Padme saves 3PO. She does this very pointless thing, though. In this, I noticed she's running behind the B1 battle droids and 3PO. And she does this thing for no reason. She has a gun. For no reason. She's going to jump and push off of the wall with her foot, come down, and then shoot the droids. I was like, just shoot them! What are you doing this fancy, like, jump, push off the wall for no reason? You still ended up behind him. Parkour, baby. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> now I'm picturing her, like, uh, in that Office episode where they're all shouting parkour. 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 And Michael runs and, like, lays on the couch and lands <laughs> yeah, on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, and then Jar Jar learns of Padme's escape because he goes up there to try to save her. Um, and then he gets into a fight and then the creature that he was talking with down there is going to save Jar Jar when he falls into the water. And then he uses the creature to attack and Palpatine, Palpatine, uh, sorry, Palpatine is going to then 
commend Jar Jar at the end here and say, hey, you guys all did a great job. He has to take back his mean thoughts about Jar Jar. And he gives supplies to the Rodians. And it feels like not part of an arc. And I think these three episodes are really a, a curious arc because they're not your typical arc that we've seen so far, right? Where all of it is taking place with the same characters. We get this, and then the through line is a totally separate branch here as we go to Newt Gunray getting captured. And the next episode is going to start with Ahsoka and Luminara making sure he gets to prison. Um, I think this might be the first arc that we've seen like this. What was kind of your thoughts of like a loose thread between all of the episodes? Yeah, I, I, I kind of liked it. I mean, it, it gives you the ability to bring in different characters in different situations that they're not typically, I think, would... Like, if this was a straight line and you, you had it going right into the next episode of kind of that same storyline where it's very strict into the thread that it's following, I feel like you would not get as many of these characters. Like, I did not have any idea who Luminara was. Like, this is the first time I've ever seen this person, um, this Jedi, and... It was interesting. Like I, you, you get a, a mix with Asajj Ventress in it in the next episode, so you get that loose. Like I said, the more loose it is, I think the more characters that can kind of ebb and flow in and out of the storyline, and it just makes sense. Like this is a prisoner transport, and like you know, there, there's got to be Jedi that do that, right? There's got to be Jedi that handle the prisoners that they that they keep captive because you know, and in wars you do have the prisoner of war, so I think that's ultimately what the Viceroy becomes. But yeah, no, I, I love the the loose thread because it doesn't feel like it's as constrained and because, and that's what I've always liked about Star Wars when they started to break out of the original, right? Is we started to get some of these characters where you get Ahsoka and you get Luminara and you get Asajj Ventress. Like these characters would never exist in the movies because it's such a straight line. Um, same with kind of these Disney Plus TV shows is that the more that they can kind of venture out, like that's what I love about the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian could go to different planets because he's a bounty. Like, I love that loose thread. But, yeah, big fan. I, I really like these episodes, to be honest. Yeah, so we'll we'll move on talking about that one. Now, you mentioned Luminara and Dooley. I am such a nerd. I had an action figure of Luminara. This is before really? the show. Yeah, I knew her That's name. Cool. I knew her apprentice. I knew all that stuff. She actually does make an appearance in, um, in episode two briefly um let me see if i can pull this up to share but um yeah, she makes a brief appearance in episode two as one of the uh jedi on geonosis when they go to rescue oh, okay yeah uh i remember that now yeah um but yeah, yeah she, she had books yeah. based off of her. Like she made appearances and all that kind of stuff before this sh before this show. And as a nerd uh, in in elementary school and middle school when this stuff was coming out, I like read all that stuff and I would have all that stuff. I used to spend. I probably told this a million times on here. If not, I definitely did when Ken was was on as a guest. But or maybe it was when I was on his show. But one of the things i remember this in fifth grade we all had computers in this computer lab and that was right in the build-up to attack of the clones and uh you could there was only a few approved sites in an elementary school you, you could go on to 
and we'd have to like play these games in computer lab and I would knock these games out, knock them out. And then my first spot was to go to a starwars.com and I go to starwars.com and I'm reading all the data bank stuff where it's like this character did this, this, this. And I'm like reading that. And I think there was even a spot where you could like see set photos or watch the filming of attack of the clones at times, um, which was all like just blue screen. You're pretty much seeing, but it was so much more accessible back then than now, even, you know, like now they always try to keep the secrecy stuff going on, but like back then they'd be like, yeah, this guy is going to be in the movie. And they would tell you a lot about it beforehand. And, uh, just good memories about this time of star Wars, you know, and, uh, reading it and going to star Wars.com. So that's what I always, uh, like to do. Um, but yeah, so Luminara, is in this next one. So let me go ahead and say what the next episode is called cloak of darkness. This is directed by Dave Filoni written by Paul Dini, by the way, December 5th, 2008, Paul Dini. If anybody out there is listening, he wrote some huge things. Okay. He wrote, um, Superman, the animated series, Batman the Animated Series, Tiny Toon Adventures, Batman Beyond, Freakazoid, uh, Duck Dodgers. He wrote episodes of Lost, by the way. Yes, the big ABC hit Lost, one of my favorite shows of all time. He wrote Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, the Batman video games. Uh, He's just written so many great things. And when I saw his name appear in the credits, I was like, hell yeah. I mean, he also created or co-created Harley Quinn one of the most popular hero slash villains at, at this time of comics and Terry McGinnis, who is Batman beyond, but yeah, he wrote this episode. I think this episode is really great as well. The synopsis was Ahsoka and Jedi master Luminara combat the deadly Ventress. Um, okay. Initial thoughts on, on this one before we dive in. This is great. Um, action packed, people that I didn't know, characters that I didn't know. Ahsoka, you get more progression in her story of what she is like. Um, and the more that I start to kind of learn more about Ahsoka, the more I like her, especially as she progresses into the show. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love this. This was probably one of my favorite ones that I watched of the of the ones we watched. So I really enjoyed it. And anytime Asajj is in it, I feel like she's a badass. So it's like, all right, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna get some good stuff because she's she's ruthless. Yeah, so digging Asajj like so far. Yeah, no, I really do. I, I like her, and I and because I never knew who she was, like it. Mm-hmm. The, the more I get of her, she's just she's kind of Darth Maulish in a way. Like she's got that she got that edge, man. Like Doku or Doku, Doku's got like you know, he's kind of. I, I'm gonna do that a hundred percent of the time. Um, Doku's got. That's not watching like, this, so much Manchester City. I know, Doku's got this tendency to just be kind of nonchalant and calm. And I feel like Asajj is like, I'm going to kill everybody. Like I'm very Anakin, very Sith. Like I want to kill and just be an assassin. So yeah, I really enjoy this. Did you know that Asajj Ventress, by the way, was a downloadable character for the original Xbox on Star Wars Battlefront 2, the original Star Wars Battlefront 2? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That makes me want to get an Xbox again. Although Battlefront 2, is it on PlayStation? Uh, 
the uh, the original Battlefront two from two thousand five. Oh, so then definitely not. Yeah. So no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I so think no. now you could do it on computer, but I think yeah. that she was an Xbox Xbox exclusive. Because my friend had That's it on cool. Xbox, and I remember him like downloading the the live update, the DLC for it, and that was back when like DLC was still pretty new. You're like, what? They can just send you an update like this? Like it was crazy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Luminara and Ahsoka are escorting Newt Gunray to prison. Uh, and we see some commandos that are non-clones. These are called Senate commandos. They have some really cool blue outfits. And they look uh, pretty similar to the blue royal guards that um, Palpatine had in episode one. Uh, trying to think about that. Like royal guards, uh, Phantom Menace believe it was in phantom menace um they kind of look like yes all right here so i'm gonna i'm gonna share my screen again here so sorry for the audio listeners you guys are missing out um yeah they kind of look like this it seems like they kind of took inspiration from these uh senate guards and made them you know uh a little bit more clone trooper-esque instead but the helmet looks very similar to what we see these uh, Senate commandos wear in this uh, episode. Uh, did you have any su- suspicions about these guys before the reveal? Cause I, I totally forgot about the reveal. And then I was like, I, you know, I think they do lead you to the thought of it, but I don't know. You're on mute. Yeah. So what I was saying on mute um, was, uh, I feel like they were, I, I did feel like they were targeting Ahsoka for a reason. Like, she's a young one. She'll listen. I, I really did kind of feel that way. But I was like, no, nah, I, because I, then they've had moments where it's like, oh, maybe we can trust them. Like, they're, they're basically saying, like, go with your gut. And then that's kind of when you're like, wait a minute. Like, a Jedi doesn't need to be told, you know, not, not typically. Maybe a young Jedi does, like Ahsoka does. But I guess Anakin does too, but he's kind of a rebel. Um yeah, I did. I had a weird feeling about it. But then as it kind of went on, I was like, okay, maybe not. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, no, uh, they can't be trusted. So, Yeah, it was, I mean, uh, I, I, I like his line here where it says he, he'll, um, you know, sometimes being a good soldier is doing what you think is right. And that's why, like, we're better than droids pretty much. And I think he actually has a point because – it did come out that she needed to go rescue Luminara. I mean, Luminara is probably dead if she doesn't. But it's funny. He was saying it more of like, a, you know, he'll repeat that line when he's talking about why he betrayed them, right? Um, he wanted money. He felt like he was doing what was right in his heart for taking care of himself. So it's funny how you can kind of get a good lesson from somebody like that, but it might end up being the wrong the wrong interpretation right like uh, they're gonna twist it for for their way um so uh, then they send asajj out to free newt gunray and uh what'd you think of ahsoka interrogating here and she she's gonna threaten newt gunray she whips out the lightsaber she ignites it and luminara has to pull her back felt very anakin felt very much like I'm going to yes. force this out of you and kill you if you don't tell me. And then she's like, well, obviously it was a, a know, joke. A, like, yeah. I'm not going to do it. But right. like, yeah, you do see threat. where she learns it from, from yes. Anakin there. 
Yeah, it's like the bad, you know, those shows, like the bad cop that kind of steps into that gray area. <laughs> I just think of Blue Bloods because I watched all the time and Donnie Wahlberg's characters like that in that show where he, it's, you've got the brother who's just so straight in line. And, and I think that's Obi-Wan. I think Obi-Wan, you know, most of the time is going to do That's why I think he he calls to me. I mean, I am, you know yeah. how I am. I'm a rule follower. Oh, yeah, no, I know. You yeah. know, like, I yeah. feel like I'm Obi-Wan in that sense. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, I would say out of my out of my friends, you were definitely the more rule following one. Um, yeah. I I have a hard time too. It, I, it's the guilty conscience that gets to me when I don't do something I'm supposed to do. It just weighs on me, and then I feel like somebody's going to find out. So I just do yeah, the thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're like, I well, like somebody, somebody's going to find out. Yeah, I feel like we're both rule followers, but you two, you two, a, a big degree. Like I feel like you really just having lived with you and and you've worked in places, and I don't, I can't remember a time you were ever late. You know, unless it was crazy traffic or something like that i think you're 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 a stand-up guy there jordan oh but, thank you this yeah is turn it let's put aside <laughs> star wars talk and, uh yeah keep saying how great i am uh, yeah. um yeah. okay so then we have uh yeah luminara pulls her back and this is gonna make luminara say hey ahsoka you're gonna have to stay back and guard nuke gunray um and then Asajj is kind of like hiding out in the ship. She's, you know, she's zipping around doing stuff and she starts planting some bombs. Um, so then uh, Asajj is going to attack the commandos and Ahsoka. And Ahsoka has this great line here where she's like, I'll give you a merciful death. Uh, she's like, she like shit talks like Anakin too. I really like that. I really like that about her. Um, yeah, she's got that. Gosh, she's so spunky. Like I, yes. I really do, and it's so weird to see, like almost like adult Ahsoka, Ahsoka, like mature Ahsoka, the Master Jedi Ahsoka, like the person that's put it all together. Still has her. I think she's more shaky in her confidence in the show, um, in the TV show. But I think in this, she's just like, and maybe this is what causes herself to be hesitant because of what she goes through with Anakin, because she knows. You know, I was that kind of rebel, but I don't want to be like him. I would say you're probably right on the money there. I mean, this is why, like, some people weren't big fans of Ahsoka in Ahsoka. Because they're like, this isn't the Ahsoka I remember. But this is, look, I'll, I'll say, this is a natural evolution for the character, right? Like, she also, yes. she's like 13 here. Like everybody right? like, else in the world. I remember being 13, <laughs> we too. Yeah. Yes. I would have definitely been like, I'll give you a merciful death. And then, like, now I'd be like, ooh, that probably wasn't the right. best way yeah. to go about that. Right. Yeah, go back on your social medias, take a look at your memories from <laughs> when you were in high school, and then you'll remember. I Maybe you I say, look back at your tweets and delete them. No. <laughs> yeah, no. no. Those sub stars no. should, though. Yeah. I mean, like, they get into yeah. a lot of problems with that. But I, I, I was so angsty. Like, I just read one the other day, and I was like, ah, school sucks, I hate this place. And, like, I was like... What is wrong with you? Like, the worst why? thing I ever did, is, the things I cringe at the most of social media is when I go on like time hop and it's like, oh, there's the time I was <sighs> quoting some lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. There's those songs. And there's those um, songs that we're trying yeah. to say, I'm, uh, I'm single and alone. <laughs> I'm single and I'm ready to mingle. Um, Asajj frees Gunray and then throws Ahsoka in the cell and uh, Luminara arrives and she does this cool thing where she like uses the force to open up the door and then Ahsoka and Luminara both like attacking Asajj. Some really great action in this episode. 
Um, they uh, Asajj then detonates the bombs, which makes the place gives enough of a distraction for her to escape down the elevator. And Ahsoka's about to just jump down the elevator as well here, and then Luminar has to pull her back because the elevator goes flying down. Uh, but Luminar wants to face her alone. And then this is when, like you said, we get that line of sometimes being a good soldier is doing what you think is right. Ahsoka decides to go help. She's not feeling right. And uh, she's going to force push Asajj back. Pretty hard, by the way. Asajj goes flying back. This is part of the... This is an animation type thing. Like in the in this movie, I doubt they would have had her get flown so far back. But you know, you're trying to do a nice spectacle. And here's something I thought was really, really cool. Um, so after Asajj, uh, you know, Asajj tells the commando to free Newt uh, through like a code thing. But when Ahsoka and Luminara get up. Ahsoka says, we'll take her together. And again, this shows the opposite of Anakin in this sense, right? Anakin, at the end of episode two, in Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan says, we'll take him together. Talking about Dooku. And Anakin just says, I'm going to take him now. And he loses his freaking arm and is out for the count. So I don't know if Anakin passed this on to her or if this is the something that shows this is the difference. We've kind of seen how she's similar, but this is kind of the difference. She's 13 and she's already knowing, like, we have to take her together. Uh, so I thought that was a cool, really, callback to Attack of the Clones. Yeah, Ahsoka doesn't... Oh, Ahsoka is confident in her ability. She's not overconfident. I think that's where, I think that's where she and Anakin are, are different. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like Ahsoka's, like, more of... No, I can play in the big leagues with the rest of you, but isn't to the point where she ignores blatantly people's commands and like she does still listen to people that she respects. And I think she, I think that's it too. If she respects you, she's going to listen to you. Whereas Anakin, I don't think he really respects anybody because he just came from such a background where he just feels, I think he just didn't have any confidence. And then once he started to get confidence, he wins, he wins yeah. the pot race and he starts to gain that. Like he's being told he is the savior. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a tough thing to be like, to respect anybody else. Right. He's the chosen one, so he's going to act like it. Yep. Well, then Newt and uh, the commando are going to escape after they knock out the clone leader. And uh, Asajj takes the escape pod. They um, They all meet up. Again, this is kind of something we just talked about with the Grievous uh, episode last week when they steal R2. And you are the guy who found R2. And you're talking crap to Grievous. And Grievous gets killed. If somebody has a lightsaber, treat them with respect is what I'm saying. Because this commando is like, ah, I did all the work and that's going in my report. And Asajj is just like, no, it's not. You're dead. <laughs> like, why do these people not learn? It's crazy. No trust. Uh, And then they kind of say, hey, Master Kit Fisto is in the area of where they were last seen, and that's going to flow through to the next episode. Which, of course, is called Lair of Grievous. And it was directed by Atsushi Takuchi. And it was written by Henry Gilroy. And it premiered December 12th, 2008. 15 years ago, almost to the day. 
of when we're recording. And uh, this synopsis is General Grievous proves his allegiance to the Separatists. Uh, so what was your general thoughts on Lair of Grievous? I was like a giddy child in a candy store when Kit Fisto came across the screen to open the episode. I was so excited. I love Kit Fisto. So uh, overall thoughts, like this was a really cool take on an episode where, again, Grievous was so fascinating to me uh, when you do see him in the movies. So it's so great that we get more of an, we'll get a bigger extent. And also, Jordan, I got a question. Um, is Grievous, like, sick? Does he have bad allergies? Like, what What the hell's wrong with him? Like, why is he always coughing? Do we know? So, that's a good question. Uh, I, I don't know off the top of my head. My thought is um, because of him being, like I said, kind of the prototype to Darth Vader, I think it's kind yeah. of a nod to the breathing. But I also think story-wise with him being pretty much just the heart and part of the head mm-hmm. and the rest is almost all that I'm, I'm assuming he's more susceptible to some sort of um, illnesses. Okay. That makes sense. Then. Or maybe it has something to do with the fact that, yeah, like th- the lungs he has are not good or, or something mm-hmm. like that. I'm not really, not really sure, but I mean, how cool was this? Oh, I'll save it for when we get to it. But you mentioned Kit Fisto, and I'm not sure how many people know this. I'm sure I mentioned it in this before. But Kit Fisto is my favorite background Jedi. Yeah. I love I him you, so much. Here I am that. Here I am meeting him at Star Wars Weekend. That's so cool. In Gosh, I miss those so much. I only got I to know. do one. I only got to do one. I only got to do one, too. And it's this one, 2015, the last one. Um, I got to I, meet uh, Dan Margera. Is that her name? What's her name? Dan Margera. Bam Margera? The scare? No. What's her name? Damn. I thought it was Dan. No, who is it? Hold on. I'll have to find it. Hold on. Give me a minute. Is it the bounty hunter from episode two? Correct. Zam Wessel? Zam Zam, thank you. Who the hell's Bam Margera? That's the scare. (laughs) You took Zam, made it a D, and then (laughs) Bam Margera. He was not at Star Wars Weekend. <laughs> no. <laughs> I kind of want to see that now, though. But Star Wars Weekends was so cool. And they it was. Should, they should do it more because they have a whole land now. But I don't. they're always worried about, well, this takes place at this exact moment of time. And I'm like, no, loosen it up some. Yeah. There's yeah. so many characters. He looks so cool like this. Look, here's me with Darth Maul. I share this one all the time. And you can separate them, too, now. Really well, yeah. like. Like, you could put them in Launch Bay. You could put them there. None of the Disney Junior stuff is used. Like, you could throw up those scrims. Those are easy. Um, what about Voyage of the Little Mermaid? That's not used right now either. Right. No. You could use that whole land and that whole area. Just turn it into a Star Wars weekend. And even that main drag. Like, they don't do parades, really. Like, they don't. Mm-hmm. They're always trying to find something to do. That was easily the most successful and, and the biggest moneymaker, I think, that they've ever done. The line for the store was, like, hours long. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, people. This is not I don't hard. get it. I'll never understand why it disappeared. Like, I, I guess because it was so much. But again, everything they do is so much work. So I just don't understand. There's a lot of meet and greets, like tons of meet and greets. You could close down Frozen Sing Along for that month, have cool panels where, you know, they can have. Yeah, you know, I got that to see. Um, and... 
uh, Warwick Davis, who yeah. plays Wicket the Ewok, yeah. and and also played Professor Flitwick in Harry Potter. I got to see a show with him where he explained yeah. his career. I got to see um, um, Jonathan uh, Arnold Taylor, right? Or uh, am I missing that up? I feel like I always mess that up. Um, Definitely uh, James Jonathan Arnold Taylor. Taylor. Sorry, James Definitely Arnold. Not Jonathan Taylor Thomas. No, like James Arnold Taylor, who voices Obi Wan in this show in Clone Wars. Um, I got to see him do a whole thing about voice acting and stuff. It was it was all really cool, and I wish that um, they continue that. Um, but Kit Fisto, by the way, one of my favorites. Uh, I remember. I just love him in Attack of the Clones too, when he just like gleefully pushes three uh, PO when three PO's got like the head on the the yep. battle droid. Yeah, um, that was fun, uh, and he just looks cool. And then, man, does this episode put it over the top for me? He is so good in this episode, voiced by Phil Lamar, by the way, who is a legend um, as well, voice acting wise, um, but. So this episode picks is, up with Kit Fisto looking for Gunray. Is Veb the one in Galaxy's Edge? Oh no, no. Okay. Um, I mean it's the same. It's a Mon Calamari, like yes, but uh, okay. the uh, the one that we see in Galaxy's Edge, I can't remember his name. Um, but he's in like the sequel trilogy, I believe. General Radis, I believe, mm. something like that. Um, that might be the one from Rogue One. I'm, I might be mis mistaking myself there. Uh, okay. Kit Fisto is looking for Gunray. I wrote my notes. He is so effing cool, man. I just love Kit Fisto. Um, and we meet Kit's former apprentice, Nadar Veb, here. Uh, by the way, an aside. Nadar, voiced by Tom Kenny. If anybody knows who that is, he voices SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> so I could hear it a little bit in this when he was talking. I was like, that's Tom Kenny. That's wild. I didn't know that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I have to go back and watch it now. Um, not he doesn't use the SpongeBob voice, but he kind of sounds like um, yeah. the pirate. You know, like when he is. Uh, yes. Because Tom when Kenny plays the pirate yeah. as well in those episodes. Uh, so Gunray is talking to droids and I knew at this point, he's not, he's not there, right? Like they make sure to not show him. And then he turns around and he's in the hologram and it's a, it's a trap for the Jedi. Um, and then this is where, yes, this is the scene where Kit and Adar draw their sabers and the droids are like, have you ever killed a Jedi? No. Have you ever killed a Jedi? And it's just like, I don't know what they were kind of getting at here, but my thought is they were thinking we're kind of screwed, right? Like, have you ever killed a Jedi? No. Have you heard of anybody that has? No, not really. Like none of these droids are going to be successful in taking down the Jedi. They all know that their time has come, I guess. Um, uh, yeah. And then Nadar is like really leaning into like, I was going to say the dark side a bit here. And Kit has to keep saying like, Hey, you have to like have some restraint, man. Cause Nadar's like showing some anger. He's upset about the trap. He's upset. He wants to just defeat Grievous so much. And, uh, we get something too, where Nadar is going to blame the clones for something. Uh, when Grievous crawls away and 
what I wrote in my notes here is definitely seems like the Jedi were promoting Padawans to Jedi Knight too quickly when they weren't ready due to the war. You know, Kit is going to say at some point, like, sorry, I couldn't have finished your training or been there for your trials. They weren't, he he wasn't ready to be a Jedi Knight, but they were kind of screwed because they had a war going on. They needed more generals. So they were kind of like, I guess let's promote these people that have been Jedi for a while. Um, and it's going to backfire because Nadar is going to, to die later on in this episode. But uh, just something I thought that was very interesting when something we haven't really thought of when talking about the Jedi yet is some of their, their mistakes, right? We kind of talked about their mistakes when it comes to how they dealt with Anakin, but really how they dealt with anybody. I mean, they're, they're promoting this guy to a Jedi Knight and he's out there not really living the Jedi way and never seemed to really pick up on some of his master's greatest lessons. Yeah. I think that is an interesting, like it would be, I could, I guess there's, there's other things that they could do and, and maybe they could make a kind of some of these offshoot Jedi, because that would be such an interesting dynamic to really explore because this one does such a good job. Now I'm sure we probably won't get anything like this, but it would be really interesting to see because yeah, when this war happens, I guarantee you there were some some Padawan and some apprentice that that had to jump ship and become, you know, a Jedi or a Master Jedi because they were forced into the ranks, and then some of the Jedi were, were brought up to be the Master Jedi, and I, it, it would be interesting. Like I, I did find that dynamic, and I think because of that, he doesn't get the training that he needs, and he doesn't know how to control his temper, and he doesn't understand the ways of the force and what the Jedi are supposed to do and how Kit Bisto carries himself because the more that they see their master in battle, I think the better. And maybe that's why Anakin struggles so much is because he and Obi-Wan are hardly ever together. And when they are, it it, oftentimes it's Anakin's knocked out or Obi-Wan's knocked out of the real quick, or they get separated for some reason. Whereas I always felt like Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon were always together. Like, I can't remember, like, when they did separate, it was because Obi-Wan had to do something quickly and then get back to where where Qui-Gon was. Or Qui-Gon was doing something with Anakin, and he's like, okay, here's some things that you need to do. But he was always in touch. Whereas I feel like Anakin and Obi-Wan kind of keep each other at arm's length. And I imagine it's kind of the same way here where Veb gets put off and he's not really getting the training that he needs. Um, And maybe that's what Ahsoka felt, too. Maybe Ahsoka feels somewhat like that, because Anakin's you know, helping Obi-Wan. It's basically Obi-Wan and Anakin versus, and it's, you know, he's one of the top Jedi and she's having to learn with him, not really training her, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. Joy was like, why is she not with Anakin? I was like, well, they, they said they assigned these two to it. So they were just, again, this is kind of a spread too thin type of thing. I think they're like, well, yeah, it is, you know, Anakin's maybe doing something else and we need his apprentice to make sure that Luminara is good. And there you go. And yeah. Um, So Gunray isn't there. It's a trap. Dooku is going to jump on a call with uh, Gunray. He's going to explain something to him. Then he's going to get on a call with Grievous. And uh, he pretty much saying like, Hey, this is, a test for you. I've let, he doesn't say what, but he's just kind of like alluding to something going on. And here's Dooku's plan as convoluted as it is. Lead the Jedi there. 
and then lead Grievous back home and hope that Grievous can beat them in battle and prove that he is worthy again because he has had some screw ups like the malevolence arc. Um, did you realize we were at Grievous's place at first? Because they see these statues in these rooms of what Grievous looked like before his accident and before he is kind of part cyborg now. And then you realize in the last room when you see the mask and stuff like, oh, no, this is a Grievous. Grievous's lair. How cool is that? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, that that part was cool, like the reveal and then kind of leading up into it, like what he was, what he became kind of thing. Only thing sucked is that because we're doing this in chronological order, I I'd read the title, so I knew I knew where they were. I was like, oh, okay, I know where they are. Um, but it was cool, like the reveal, and and I just love that when we dive deeper into why things are the way they are and why Grievous is the way that he is, and maybe what causes some of his his anger and his, I guess I don't know, distrust in things. So he's an idiot, though. He's always screwing stuff up. Look, <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on half the time. All right, I found him here. I got pictures from the here. Here's one of them. This is him. Before you realize it's him, right? He's got like his. It's a statue of him as you're going through, and you're like, oh, he doesn't really look familiar to me, right? And then you have these, where it's more of like, oh, you kind of see the face a bit, you know? Yeah. But he's like a normal warrior a bit. Uh, here before he ends up getting um, I, I don't know if they've ever really said in the new canon but I remember back in the old canon it was like some sort of accident explosion thing that then Palpatine and them rescued him and rebuilt him or something but I'm not sure what the story is these days but I thought it was really cool to kind of hint at, the, at, at that kind of stuff uh, in this episode and if you didn't know the title, right? Um, and even as somebody that did know the title, I, I totally forgot they were in Grievous's lair. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just pressing the next episode. I'm like, ready to see what happens with Kit Fisto. Um, so Grievous is going to get away at some point. Kit Fisto cuts off his legs, which was really awesome. Uh, and then he's going to, like, monkey bar it? <laughs> to jungle gym it, almost? To the the safe room for him where he's going to get worked on by his droid, his little sassy. And uh, he's also going to turn on his Magna guards, which Dooku had turned off to let the Jedi in. And he realizes, ah, this is what, what they're doing here. Uh, He sends a creature named Gore after the Jedi, which is like this big monster thing that they take down. And, uh, uh, Dooku says that his faith in Grievous was shaken and uh, Kit and Adar are going to be able to open the door and Adar, and Adar wants to hold off Grievous while Kit can enter the control room. And he does and Grievous ends up killing Nadar. and Kit is going to escape. When he does escape, by the way, it's really badass. He has a few really badass moments here. There's a moment where Kit Fisto is like, in the fog behind Grievous's shoulder about to attack him, which looked really cool. And then there's the moment when he flips onto his ship and lands crisscross applesauce on the ship meditating and just gets taken away by his droid. Again, I'm just going to say Kit Fisto is awesome. Um, 
And then Grievous is going to tell Dooku that the Jedi were defeated. And then Dooku's like, oh, yeah, Kit Fisto's dead. That's awesome. And he's like, actually, uh, that one escaped. <laughs> and Dooku is disappointed again. Uh, and then Yoda, we get the end at the end here. This is kind of what I was referring to with Nadar. He's like, maybe we're kind of losing our way a bit. Um, we're in danger of losing who we are. Uh, and I think he's referring to maybe promoting them too early or not being able to, you know, having almost a hatred for Grievous that uh, can lead you down that path. Yeah. I I mean, again, I, I think uh, Kit's just, he's so calm and collected and he's obviously he's the, a master Jedi, so he knows what's going on and he, I think he sees things before they play out kind of thing. Um, but again, I, I think that there are times where, you know, there's a lot of Jedi that feel this way. And, and I think Veb felt that way. There was just a lot of anger. There's a lot of hate. And, you know, I, I think when you're, it's kind of like what you are like in real life, I guess it's when you get angry and frustrated, you're likely to screw things up. You're likely to overstep. You're likely to say something or do something that you're not thinking all the way through. Um, Whereas Kit Fisto, I feel like, is is constantly thinking things through. Taking the moment to kind of pause, to breathe, to understand what's going on. But, yeah, no, I, I, it is an interesting dynamic. And I, I, I do like I do like the hatred towards Grievous because, I, I mean, everybody hates. And I think that's what that resonates is Grievous is, like, one of the most hated. Because I, I think of just how tough he is to defeat and how tough he is to just. And he's killed so past. many Jedi. Yeah. All of his lightsabers are from Jedi right. he's killed. Right. So, no, I think it's it's great that they're using him so much because it, it really is. He's one of those characters that when you see him in the movie, I can remember as a kid wanting his uh, action figure because he had so many lightsabers. But I don't think you notice that when you're a kid that he's got those because he's because you're you're like, well, he should have red lightsabers if you really think about it. He doesn't. Yeah, it's he's like got... it's like loosely alluded to right when he captures Obi-Wan and Anakin, he's like, oh, others to add yeah. to my collection or whatever. But like, it's kind of been always more like background information. Like you, you pick up the action figure and on the back of the action figure, it might say his weapons come from the Jedi he's killed. And you're like, Oh, he sounds badass. And then you watch the movie and he like, doesn't do much. Right. Like this is giving him a little bit more credence and build up. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I think it's, it is. He's one of those characters that's just so unique and, you're kind of mad because he doesn't get the justice I think he deserves. And really, I mean, just is integral in the, in the empire, just becoming what it is. So. All right. Well, that, that pretty much wraps up those three episodes, but we have to do our usual let's rank the weeks, right? I don't know about you, Logan. This is my favorite week so far. Part of it is because of this, episode i think this episode is just really great uh being in grievous's lair the there's real stakes here focusing on kit fisto is awesome but i think all three of these episodes were really good like bombad jedi is better than i you would anticipate i think and then the ahsoka luminara versus saj last week i mean last episode and then this one kind of being the top the topper off of the uh, of the arc, I thought was really a strong end to the arc. It, and what you said before about the loose thread, 
it makes the arc not feel stale because you're getting different viewpoints throughout the thing. You're not like, oh my god, we're still on the malevolence arc right now. Like you, you are, you know, fully, or we're still saving Jabba's son. Like we are fully now in a part where they are like really confident in what they're doing. I think and had like the the way to make arcs not feel stale or too long. So it's my favorite week. Yeah. I think Attack of the Clones is a nice job of kind of introducing some of these characters, but Clone Wars really does a nice job of, like, Jordan, we've gotten now Anakin after Grievous, Obi-Wan after Grievous, Ahsoka after Grievous, um, you've got uh, now Yoda after Grievous, you've got um, uh, Kit, you've got uh, Veb, like, you've got all these Jedi that are going after Grievous, and then you mix in Asajj Ventress, Right, and then you Luminara, and you've got Ahsoka, and those, so they're after Asajj, and then you had the moment when Obi Wan and Anakin are after um, Asajj. So like it, it, it is. It's exactly what I wanted out of the show, and like you said, I think this episode, these episodes, it continuously got better. I think this is my favorite week so far, uh, and by a long shot. Like we get so many great, and Grievous's layer might be one of my top episodes. Um, at the end of this yeah, thing. I think this is my top one so far. This episode, I think, yeah. is my favorite. And yeah. I remember it when I watched it, but then like the first time. But when I watched it again this time, I was like, "Oh, this is much better than I remember." Like this is great. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that about wraps us up here. If you want to send us any sort of feedback at Pod Awakens on all of our socials. By the way, I started a discord for all of our podcasts it's called the log jam media discord which i just started um well about a week ago less than a week from when i'm recording by the time you're listening to this like two or three weeks ago uh but go ahead and join us you can find it in the link tree uh or in the description below and you can just jump in there ron and uh chris are in there they were recapping ahsoka with me Casey McGeorge is in there. He did the Rogue One first time watching that I put on the feed. Jack Seeprasad is in there. He's been um, on here for little news updates before. Uh, you know, I'm in there. We're, we're having a good time there. Um, and it's for all of my podcasts, which means you can talk DC, Marvel, Star Wars, all that good stuff. Movies. We even have video game stuff there too, just from like, cause I also put content on YouTube occasionally. So we're just having a, a fun time over there. So I hope to see you join us if you are listening and want to discuss anything. Um, really we're having a good time over there. Um, but yeah, so thank you all for watching and listening. We will catch you next week when we talk episode 11 and 12 of season one. Dooku Captured, and the Gungan General. A two-episode arc is what we're heading into here. Uh, Have a great rest of your holidays. We'll see you next time.